back to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It's Monday, December 6th, and what a wild and fun weekend in the state of Ohio, guys. Beautiful. A beautiful, glorious weekend. A great weekend for our alma mater, the Cincinnati Bearcats, making it into the playoff. Huge weekend across the state. Big week across the state. Some big wins. Ohio State on the basketball uh, front. Made up a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. So, you huge. know, some some big wins here and, and a fun bowl season that has five Ohio teams. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, uh, this show, we're going to be talking a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Bearcats, guys. It's all Bearcats. Our, Deservedly so. Yeah. Very. Them on the football field. And then also, there might be a little... A little bit of a big game coming up on Saturday <laughs> in Norwood. Just doesn't stop. Just Against doesn't Norwood stop Jesuit. for the Bearcats. Norwood it's all, Jesuit. all 24-7. But be sure to check out our Friday show where we give you bowl previews. We go through our or all the big bowls, all the New Year's Six bowls. As, course, he, as he called it pre-show, bowl bonanza. Bowl bonanza. Ooh. Bowl bonanza. I like that. Uh, and then also talk some of our... You know, favorite smaller bowls. There's some interesting bowls, some interesting matchups, maybe some fun matchups. Maybe the Frisco Bowl, maybe the Gasparilla Bowl. Gasparilla. The Gasparilla. 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 (laughs) And also, guys, we've got a very interesting beer, an exciting beer. I'm really excited to to try and have you guys try some of these beers. I was at a fun little festival, which I'm sure we'll get into more, but uh, a very... Heavy beer today, we'll say that. But first, into our intros, as of course we have the Bull Bonanza. I figured, what if we all had bull games? Like, what if we all had bull games based on some of our favorite brands or brands maybe that people would need to deal with us? <laughs> uh, to my right, the the elder of the group, who has opinions, but sometimes you know has his issues. Uh, sure. If he had a bull, it would be the Depends Spotters Bull. I knew you were going to do Depends. <laughs> God. As soon as you said exactly. the elder, the boo. To my left, on the ones and twos, a guy that may need to clean up occasionally after some of his various uh, endeavors. So uh, the Kleenox, the Kleenox Wound Dressing Bull, <laughs> in case you may have to get stitches after some of your weekend shenanigans. <laughs> It's Josh. Josh, how we doing today? How, uh, how are the? How is the head? Uh, it's great. The head's great. Um, you know, uh, the power of uh, modern day medicine <laughs> and hospitals is a wonderful tool uh, that everyone should believe in. Should you explain to everybody? Because not everybody knows. What no, we're not everybody about. knows. Uh, All I'm going to say is I say it often on this show. <laughs> drink responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> and then, man, who brings it all together. Some people say I've uh, got the voice of an angel. Other people would oh, say... Who the fuck said that? Your people, mom? Yes. Some people <laughs> would, would kind of say otherwise. So uh, based on what I've heard about my voice, uh, if I had a bull, it would be the Max Extra Soft Earplug Bull. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you got to take that bite off the, off the yell, especially when the Browns are on. Uh, or yeah. if any team that I care about is in that bull. So uh, we got our bulls together. We've got a big... Uh, show talking Bearcats, previewing their matchups, talking about how they got here, previewing the crosstown shootout. But first, guys, we got some headlines and some beer. Oh, yeah. 
Guys, it was a huge week in the state of Ohio, from the field to the ice to the hardwood. We start in basketball, where Ohio State got the biggest win of any team this oh. week. With a 71-66 comeback win versus number one Duke. The Buckeyes trailed by 13 at half before turning up the defense and outscoring the Blue Devils 41-23 in the Krzyzewski's never won in the shot. He will finish his career 0-2. Uh, he'll give those losses to someone else. <laughs> Uh, this week was topped off with a win in their Big Ten opener versus Penn State. The Buckeyes now have a quick breather versus Towson before back-to-back top 25 showdowns versus Wisconsin and UK. In Oxford, the Bearcats survived quite a scare at Millet Hall in front of one of the biggest crowds for Red Hawks basketball in the last 20 years, squeaking out a 59-58 victory versus Miami on Wednesday before riding the ship with a comfortable win versus Bryant Sunday night. The Bearcats now set their sights on the Crosstown shootout on Saturday night in, in Norwood, facing a Xavier team who has won three straight, including Sunday night in Stillwater versus Oklahoma State, and still has one more tune-up Wednesday night versus Ball State before the big game, 8.30 Saturday night. From the hardwood to the field as two Ohio teams had huge championship games Saturday with some others, like the Buckeyes, watching with some curious eyes, hoping maybe some chaos could help them find a way. Uh, early Saturday afternoon, the golden flashes of Kent State in some pretty sick throwbacks. Dope uniforms. Those uniforms were dope as uh, shit. Faced off against the Northern Illinois Huskies in Detroit for the MAC championship. Still disgust me that it's not on a Friday night. Uh, the Huskies jumped out to a 17 to nothing halftime lead behind former... Michigan State quarterback Rocky Lombardi and stayed in control, doubling the flashes in time of possession and taking the game 41 to 23 behind 266 rushing yards. Later in the afternoon, the Bearcats took the field versus Houston at Nippert Stadium with a probable berth in the college football playoff on the line in that AAC championship thanks to the Oklahoma State loss earlier in the day. Cincinnati started off sluggish once again, letting the Cougars stick around and hung on to a 14-13 halftime lead, but then came out of the break on fire with touchdowns on their first three offensive drives to take full control and punch their ticket. Sunday morning, the teams were revealed with an eruption from the Queen City, with the Cats getting the number four spot for the college football playoff, which gets them a date with Alabama December 31st in Arlington with a chance to face the winner of Georgia and Michigan in the national title. We got Bama. But, guys, the Bearcats weren't the only Ohio team getting their bowl game revealed, with five Ohio teams getting invited to bowl season, including Toledo playing Middle Tennessee State in the Bahama Bowl, Kent State, Wyoming in the Idaho Potato Bowl, love those french fries, Miami UNT in the Frisco Bowl, and Ohio State taking on Utah in the Rose Bowl. And finally, to wrap up the weekend, with the Browns graciously giving me a bye week to relax and not have to worry about them, the Bengals were the only team in Ohio playing on Sunday, but still giving the state two games worth of drama versus the Chargers. The Bengals had a slow and sloppy start, falling behind 24 to nothing after two turnovers and two three-and-outs in their first four drives, but stormed back to make it a two-point game 24-22 after scoring on four or five drives and forcing three straight turnovers by the Chargers. But unfortunately for the Bengals, there was still one more twist in the momentum with an early fourth quarter Joe Mixon fumble getting returned for, the getting returned for a touchdown by the Chargers 
went on to score 17 unanswered points and take down the Bengals 41-22. The Bengals will try to bounce back next week, staying in Cincinnati for the third straight week as they welcome the 6-6 49ers, while the Browns get back to business at home with their second straight crack trying to take down the Ravens. Guys, those are your OH headlines. For our beer of the week this week, we actually go to a beer that was brewed south of the river, but with a location in Ohio. They are, of course, an Ohio beer now. It is Braxton Brewing, and over the weekend they had their Dark Charge Day, their Dark Charge Day festival for the third year. So uh, we got one of the versions of Dark Charge. Today we are drinking the... uh, Dark Charge chocolate and hazelnut coffee, uh, bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. I mean, it's uh, I'm not a, usually a big uh, bourbon barrel guy, to be honest. Um, so I don't really like bourbon, but you can taste it. But uh, it has a very nice uh, kind of hazelnutty chocolate kind of on either end of it. So Ooh. it kind of takes a little bit of the. Uh, a little bit of that bourbon barrel bite, but yeah, you get a big, you get a big taste of that. Yeah, I mean, you don't get quite as much of like, yeah, that kind of heavy, almost like burn out of it. It has the smell of. Again, I'm not normally a, pr- a liquor guy. I pretty much drink Jameson. That's about it. If I partake, um, it definitely has the smell of the liquor. You know, like that bourbon. Yep. I don't know what you guys think. Like, you smell it. It's like, whoop, and yep, that aftertaste, you get that like slight bourbon. Burn. Yeah, it's very good though. It's smooth still. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, it's so it's so soft and sweet, right? And it doesn't really, yeah. It's got a mellow burn at the end, kind of yeah. at the trail there. But man, that's great. Buffalo Trace barrels, uh, smooth and silky mouthfeel. Yeah, that's uh, definitely. I mean, I've already had twelve, and it's there. only like three percent, right, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> it is a it's a grove, Greg. Twelve and a half percent beer. Uh, also, only 1,400 bottles made. So we really? got number 1,338 wow. of 1,400. Ooh. So uh, I was, uh, as I mentioned, I was at the Dark Charge Day, so I got a chance to try. Uh, this was actually my first try of this one. I got to try the original Dark Charge. They had their first ever collaboration with Graders to have a brown butter bourbon pecan. I got to give me some of that. That That sounds sounds good. Yeah. And then uh, the coconut cream puff, which was all right. I would say as far as all of them that I had, it was probably the the, the worst, but it's still, it was still amazing. It's still very good. Yeah. Yeah. What was the, what was this aged, the orange one here? What was that one? I think I had a small taste of it, but yeah, it's, uh, it, uh, it had that like slightly citrusy taste, almost kind of like the chocolate, you know, orange fruit taste to it. Obviously, still heavy in the uh, what is it? Yeah, the 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 orange liqueur bottles is is barrels is what they had. So oh, okay. you kind of had that okay. like citrusy taste. Kind of brighten to it, it yep. up a little because this one is just you want to sip this one by the fire. It's just such a soft beer. Um, and what are we? What are we? Twelve percent on this. Twelve and a half percent. Twelve and a half percent. So normally we normally we split up a six pack. This one we're each getting about six ounces of this because uh, mm. 
that was the case, we'd all be <laughs> crashing on my couch tonight. Yeah, hmm. but this is fantastic. Well, well done, Braxton. I'm glad that they now have a location in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, so um, be sure. Uh, usually about this time every year, they have um, their Dark Charge Day. Um, they do have some variants. You can, uh, you know, try to get your uh, bottles early. You can get a like a VIP experience where you get some free pours. But if you just want to, you know, next year... You can show up and yeah. uh, pay and, and get your dark charge, but just make sure you get someone to drive you home. Because after a couple of them, you uh, feel you feel pretty good. You feel <laughs> pretty quick. Yeah. All right, for our first segment on our All Bearcat Show, we're doing a little two minutes, two cents. We are giving our two minutes. On the Bearcats, uh, you know, as we mentioned, all three of us, uh, Bearcat alums, uh, we, you know, we've all been associated with the university for, you know, over a decade, some of us, you know, two plus decades. So it means a lot to all of us to see the Bearcats with that number four ranking next to them, getting a chance to play in the college football playoff. So, Josh, why don't we start with you? Josh, what are your <clears throat> two minutes on... Your Bearcats in well, the college football playoff. Um, I was at the very top of Nippert Stadium for the first time, like right at the top of the pavilion where you can lean up mm-hmm. on the wall and everything. So it was just really cool to watch a game at Nippert Stadium all the way up there from that perspective, House Phil and everything. And then there was the moment at the end of the game where everyone got their f- lights on their phone out and everything. And to see that... Uh, from up there and just to see the whole stadium. Like we, we used to go down there and kick footballs around <laughs> yeah, and dr- drink on the field and taught, you know, we never drank a, on the field. We, we drank on the field a lot. Well, <laughs> have our own games out there. You know, that's p- people just go out there all the time. And then you see, mm-hmm. you see that um, happen there. And it's just awesome. It's awesome to have, have them yeah. where they are. I mean, I'm, there was a great article I read today about how, you know, in the 70s, you, you could just basically walk into the game and they'd give you tickets for free. Like the guy who wrote this article today was saying that you just get a ticket yeah. in, in your freshman orientation packet, like hoping hoping you would hope they were, right, hoping you would go. go and everything. And now you're going to go play Alabama after years of somewhat even jokingly saying we want Bama and everything. <laughs> and now we get Bama. And it's just awesome to see. And it's awesome from, a like, you know, I know you guys give me a lot of shit for this all the time, but I've never gotten to watch any team of mine get anywhere close to this. Mm-hmm. I've got to see FC Cincinnati play in the semifinal of the Open Cup, which they lost. And then I've gotten to see a few Kelly Cup games. But I've never gotten to see one of my teams play for it. Yeah. And we're playing for it. And it's unbelievable. Such an awesome night at Nippert. I, I was speechless just sitting up there like this isn't happening. One of the best field rushes ever, too. Oh yeah, that's my time. All right, Zach, over to you. Over to me. Uh, motions. Uh, <laughs> no, not really. Uh, yeah, I think to jump up, I wasn't at the game, but seeing Josh, you know, watching the game on TV, seeing uh, you snapped a couple 
things on there. So some other people. Uh, really cool, you know, for those who don't know, kind of what Josh talking about. Uh, I think, yeah, the only stadium, especially in D1, I mean, probably at any level. I mean, as students, when there's not a game, you can go out there. I mean, we hung out there a ton. So it's just kind of weird to think back to when we would sit out there in the middle of class or, like, run around the field and then to see it on national TV with all the ramifications involved. Um, and then kind of as an old guy, I'm like, you guys, I came in right okay. after the Brian Kelly era that next year. He left right before I came. So, you know, there was that 08, 09. They were going to some, you know, BCS Bowls and stuff. And then I didn't – I got the uh, – the Tuberville era for the most part that I was there. I didn't, you know, we didn't get to, I was excited to come because I thought that was going to be an exciting time. And then Kelly left. And so it's kind of a little bit of a low point. So, you know, I get to see that. And then obviously, you know, it's kind of a weird feeling with, you know, high state being out, but like, I'm like, I still have like a legit, like rooting interest. And I, I am a proud alum. I've always, I, I don't hide that. I went to UC. I loved every minute of it. And, um, then obviously a guy like Luke Fickle, who I've always had a ton of respect for. And i I said it when you see hired him and people question it. I'm like, he's going, I didn't imagine this. I'll admit that what he's done is beyond what I thought, but I was like, that's the right guy for the job. And, um, you know, just representing Ohio and everything like that's good for Ohio. Good for college football. Um, and I, you know, I'm excited. We'll get more into it, but you know, I'd love nothing better than to see them take down Alabama though. Uh, that would be big. That be would big. be big. I am not. Hey, after we'll get into it more. But after this season, I, I wouldn't count anything out. Oh no, nothing after after what's been going on these what 14, 14 or fifteen weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So all right, Re- Reggie. So uh, I guess having kind of a, a weird, unique look at at the Bearcats because I I used to you know having a parent that worked at UC. I remember. Sitting on the stairwell at like three or four. Well, he still works there (laughs) to some degree. Does he really work anymore? That's kind of the question. Uh, But I remember like begging to be able to just sit on the the stairs and watch because the Steger Center wasn't there. All the all the you know stuff on the stadium wasn't there, so you could sit Mm -hmm. and watch you know and see the half empty stadium and whatnot and just chill and watch the game. And I remember that and thinking that was so cool and that was the place I wanted to go to. Uh, I remember I, I got a hat when uh, UC went to this big bowl, the Fort Worth Bowl. They beat Marshall Whoa. in 2004. Yeah. You know, back when the big bowls were, were uh, the Music City Bowl and the or the Motor City Bowl, sorry, and the Fort Worth Bowl. Uh, you know, seeing the program come up under D'Antonio and Kelly, I remember the disappointment when I, they were one second away from the BCS championship, you know, in that those Kelly yeah. years. Uh, kind of seeing it get rebuilt under Butch Jones, and then seeing Tuberville take it, you know, take it down <laughs> to the point where you know during our, you know, at least Josh and my later years of school, it was, you know, we were a basketball school that had a football program, you know, so uh, to see them kind of get things back together, uh, see where things are at from Fickle's first year, I remember being in the basement of the house that you know we all lived at, uh, seeing that pick six to keep the Miami streak alive. You could see what it meant to him, what it meant to these guys. So it's just, I'm super proud after all of this, you know, after all of this, having the culmination, it doesn't even really feel real. Like they're going to be playing for a national championship and it hasn't hit me. But I think on the 31st, when I'm going to be pacing around like an asshole <laughs> screaming, then, then it'll really hit me. 
Yeah, I I don't think it's 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 crazy just because you're just like oh we yeah. we're playing Alabama. It just seems like such a it's not it's going to be one of those things that it doesn't hit you until they they run to kick it off and you're like oh. till you see that logo <laughs> oh, until you see the logo yeah. in the middle yeah. and you realize it, well yeah. I think it'll be on the uh, on the jerseys right, right there you get that college be, football oh, playoff man, logo on there that. That, that's a whole oh. uh, that's a whole different level of it and. Um, yeah, I think it's huge beyond this year um, with the, the move to the Big 12 real quick. And you think about, um, you know, Oklahoma and Texas are going to leave. Not that Texas has even sniffed the playoff, but uh, I mean, who's going to come in with <laughs> I mean, they're going to be carrying the banner most likely of, uh, you know, Baylor's come close a few times, never sniffed it. TCU uh, was TCU close with one, one year. Otherwise, I mean, Oklahoma State, I guess. was. But I'm saying is. Yeah. Potentially, you see, depending, you know, who knows what's going to happen, but, you know, could be walking in the door with the, uh, yeah, we've been there, boys. Come get it. You know what I mean? That, that's a big, that's a huge thing. And I think from the Big 12, the rest of that conference has to be rooting for them a little bit, though. That, that's a good move yeah. right there. That's huge. There's a lot of implications involved with this. Yeah, there's a whole lot of implications. And uh, we'll get to breaking down the game snap by snap. Not quite, but at least the overarching. Uh, you know, big points to the game, but uh, first, let's hear a little bit more about this wonderful beer. For the earliest folks living around Covington, Kentucky, the Ohio River connects families and communities in the region to coal. The rich, dark diamonds that lit the lights, warmed the homes, and fired the power that built this city we brew that spirit into the strong, dark imperial stout, aging it in Buffalo Trace bourbon barrels, creating an indulgent and decadent classic coffee treat that is loaded down with cocoa nibs and boasts delightful hazelnut and chocolate flavors. Ooh. Man, fancy. Fancy. Yeah, they rolled it out this year for this. Yeah. Greg, what was the... Um, so he says like a fest, like the festival. Like, what was was it, was it like a festival? Or I mean, what was I mean, uh, yeah, what was were, all going down? Was that at the? Uh, I'm assuming their main brewery. Yeah, down their main in, brewery. Uh, so outside, yeah. there were a couple tents. There was several food stations. You know, music. Mm. Uh, you could go inside where they also had taps inside. Upstairs, they had some more. Um, they, I guess, I, I didn't go upstairs, but they had a. You could try a little bits of each of the beers along with some tastes of all of the liquors that, that they were um, yeah. like based off of. So it's a whole like festival. That's I guess cool. back in the back a couple of years ago, not quite back in the day, but back a couple <laughs> of years ago, I guess it used to be something that people, you know, would wait around blocks to try to get in there to to get. Not They've like kind that. of done some of the earlier reservations to get it, you know, right. now, but it's still a, a big thing. I mean it was a twelve hour festival. There were tons of people there. Lots of really good food. Um that's and, cool. And uh, obviously, lots of really good beers. Also, you know, if you're going with someone that uh, isn't exactly a, a porter beer drinker, they also had, you know, all of their regular, they had their, their Vive uh, hard seltzers, their regular, mm. you know, beers such as garage beer and whatnot. So, I mean, it was a great time yeah. overall. Man, that's uh, great music there, too. Yep. And some... Uh, some definitely good beers, but like I said, by by the end of the day, I was I was certainly feeling it. I think I had uh, 
one of the one of the greater beers, part of a dark charge, uh, <laughs> part of the orange, the orange one, and, and part of the cream puff one. So, at the end of the day, you, you're feeling pretty good. Well, and Braxton's got, and they kind of do this with all the different variants. So like, I think this one is called the Braxton Builders variant, but then like mm-hmm. there was the Braxton Labs variant, which is a separate location that they also have in Kentucky. They've got the the main one that we were just talking about with the festival, and now they got the one in Cincinnati, which is just kind of more your your smaller brewery kind of OTR bar feel. Yeah, so they, there's plenty of ways to enjoy Braxton now mm-hmm. on either side of the Ohio River in Cincinnati. Yeah, they had what you could get was the um, was the distillers pack, which had the regular dark charge from Braxton, their I guess kind of flagship along with the hazelnut coffee, the labs, that was the coconut cream puff, and then the barrel house, which was the barrel-aged orange curacao. So a lot of really great beers. Once again, uh, you know, they have a new location on 13th Street on the Pendleton area of Cincinnati. Definitely check it out. Their other one is just right across the river in the Newport Covington area. (laughs) So a lot of really great beer, great food all around there as well. So uh, Braxton Brewing cannot say enough good things about the Dark Charge. For our next segment, we're going into the Crystal Ball. You see wanted Bama, they got Bama. Now what? Uh, UC plays Alabama in the Cotton Bowl, AT&T Stadium in Arlington. If you're looking for tickets to Dallas-Fort Worth, 1600 bucks the day before. That's it? Uh, 3.30 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Uh, to give some quick Bama stats, because I'm sure we'll talk a lot of Bearcats, or just in general college football playoff stats, in the CFP era, five seeds are, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Five seeds have never how, played. How, 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 what, what kind of chances are Notre Dame? Five seeds. No <laughs> Outside looking in. Outside looking in. What kind of chances does Ohio State and Notre Dame have? On this? Uh, the one seeds in the college football playoff are five and two all time. Uh, Bama, who was actually favored over Clemson, won in 2017. And uh, any idea on the other one, Zach? Ohio State. Ohio State <laughs> over Alabama in 2014. 60 yards to the heart of the South, baby. Uh, Bama in the semifinals is five and one all time. Any idea on that one, Zach? What was it? Sorry. Bama's five and one in the semifinals all time. I, I'm aware. Oh, okay. That's 2014. I, uh, I have that on DVD. I watch it yeah. constantly. You have no idea. Um, <laughs> He's a sick man. I'm being dead serious. I watched oh, that I in the O2 national title game. Non-stop. I believe that. Uh, Bama has been favored in all six previous semifinals. Uh, and then three times, Bama's been favored by 13 and a half or more, which is what they're currently favored over UC. Uh, last year versus Notre Dame, they were favored by 19, won by 17. In 2018 against Oklahoma, they were favored by 14 and a half, won by 11. In 2016, they were favored by 13 and a half um, and won by 17. Their average score of the semifinals games are 32 to 17. They've scored 30-plus in four of six and allowed seven or less in three of six. Uh, the one thing is, to beat Alabama, if you score more than 40 points, 
you have a decent chance. Uh, That's about against six, anybody. Six know? of the nine games Bama has lost in the CFP era, they have given up 40-plus points. They are 5-6 and six when they allow 40-plus points, though. So they're still a pretty I good mean, chance. Yeah, that's, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, Josh, we'll start with you. What are your early impressions of this game as UC goes up against a team that looked to be on its back heels going into that uh, SEC championship and then uh, kind of showed their muscle against the dogs? The dogs. Yeah, it's it's interesting what happened in the SEC championship game. And it's kind of... Uh... It's kind of made me wonder a lot about who who Alabama really is, because we're talking about who a team. anyone really is. Who are we? Who are we? Yeah, who am who I? Are we what is say? life? <laughs> What's the meaning of life? What are we doing here? That's another podcast. That we have another one, by the way, on Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to listen to that one, Zach. <laughs> so I think I think it's interesting because y- you have what do you call it? A manhandling. I mean, they manhandled Georgia uh, in the SEC championship game. Yeah, a week a week previous to that, game, they got manhandled. They, by a they shitty were Auburn team who got manhandled by a shitty Penn State team. I mean, you couldn't move the ball. Who got manhandled Auburn's by defense, Ohio State? What's nor could you stop Auburn's <laughs> offense. They were being, which was being run by a backup quarterback on a limpy leg. You had that going, and then a week later, turned around and smacked Georgia. So it really makes you wonder on where these kids' heads are going to be come New Year's Eve. And there's no one I trust more in the world to have those kids' heads correct. Alabama's 5-1 and one all time in the college football playoff semifinal games. It's had some unluckiness against Ohio, though. Yeah, <laughs> have had some other side of luck. General, General Sherman's descendants. Uh, I've got a burn the south. Got a quick uh, trivia question for you, <laughs> what? Zach. Yeah. Uh, all time versus the University of Cincinnati in any capacity on a coaching staff or playing. What is Nick Saban's record against the University oh of Cincinnati? Two. Oh and one. Oh and one. Damn. They as a safety for Kent State. I knew Kent State. I was assuming maybe they had played when he coached Michigan State or yeah or uh what or was somewhere it? yeah uh, Toledo or whatever. I. Here's where I'm coming into all this. In the, in the entire playoff, and I know we'll have our, play, our overall bowl playoff show for Friday. Uh, I know less about any of these teams going into their bowls or playoffs than I felt like I knew at the beginning of the year. This has been a wild year. Um, it exceeded 2007. You don't know what any of these as wins far mean. As, that's what I mean. I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, I can look at this and think, yeah, here's the thing. Let's, let's all get real for a minute here. The SEC has been, I'm going I'm to try to be objective here, somewhat deservedly so, but also somewhat undeservedly given a pass, right? They're, they're automatically number one. No one taught I mean, the Big Ten's kind of moved up. It's the up. best brand of football. The Big Ten's moved up. It's like, oh, the Big Ten's top heavy, which is probably fair. Yeah, because they have some really bad, shitty teams at the bottom. But everybody's like, they forget that Vanderbilt plays in the, you know, the SEC. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, everybody's like, oh, the SEC top to bottom. Like, I don't know if I buy the top to bottom shit. I don't buy it. Um, that's what I mean. Georgia, um, based on. You have on, no idea what Georgia is. Because that's based SEC on the fact that. East the, but is. I mean, right. And, and, and as the final standings are, Georgia did not 
beat a top, so in essence, play a team that finished in the top 15 in the college football rankings. Was there a team in the top 25? I don't even know. Everybody kept saying top 15, so I think there's one. I, I, I haven't actually looked at the whole breakout. Okay, yeah, because uh, Clemson's up there. Oh, right. So, so Clemson, they, the uh, best wins that Georgia has mm-hmm. is um, number 19, Clemson, week one. Right. In a 10 to 3 game, uh, number 21, Arkansas, number 22, Kentucky. Yeah, so get the fuck out of here. And, you know, Auburn went up to Happy Valley, and it was a tight game, but that's not a very good Penn State team. We've seen better Penn State teams, and, I mean, there are multiple points in that game where Penn State manhandled. And and let's all be real Bo Nix played against Bama. Auburn wins that game probably 21-24, you know, to six, something like that. Like, I mean, that game would have been more out of hand instead of 10 nothing. Um You mean Sean Clifford? Or are you talking about... Oh, yeah. I'm talking about... Sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm flipping to yeah. the Auburn-Alabama uh, game yeah. where uh, Bo Nix was out. I'm just saying, I think, you know, they probably win that game. Yep. I, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Um and I don't buy Georgia now. And I know it's not a big game. But I don't. I don't know what that makes. So here's my point. I, what I'm looking at, you see, I, I mean, if you're a betting man, don't ask. This isn't betting advice. I'd still put money on Bama. Um, but see has two things going for it that as an Ohio State fan I've seen, as just a college football fan, I've seen what Nick Saban defenses struggle with is, one, a mobile quarterback. Always struggle with a mobile quarterback. Somebody who can run in. I mean, Des Ritter is one of the best athletes out there right now um, from the quarterback position. Swag Kelly. I mean, what are we, what are we doing? Here? I mean, no, he is, though. I mean, he can, Johnny beat, football. he can beat you with his legs. You know, he's got, he reminds me of Terrell Pryors, who he reminds me of, right? He's like a long-legged runner. He doesn't look yeah. fast on TV, but he fast. Like, oh, yeah, he's he got covers the, a lot of ground, but his strides it's just, aren't it's exactly that, fast. It's yeah. that Terrell Pryor. And honestly, as a defender, that kind of throws you off a little bit when you're taking angles. So well, you've seen it a lot with uh, Ritter. You've seen the angles have kind of been... Yeah, they're you know, bad. The defense tries to cut him off, but you think he's going to be slower. You think you can reach him earlier, and then all of a sudden... You yeah. think you can catch him at the 15, and by the time you get there, I mean, he's, he's like a gazelle. They're, the they're smooth runners. Yeah. They're long-legged. They take up ground, but they're not, like, churning it out. Um, and then, two, um, Nick Saban defenses, especially when you have a mobile quarterback where you're sucking in linebackers and stuff, is over the top. They get beat over. They can be beat over the top, and you got a guy in Alec Pierce and some of the other weapons they have that, that can have shown that they can beat Guys over the top. So on offense, I there there's a couple pieces there. I guess I'm not saying they're gonna do it. I'm just saying they have a few pieces. They they're gonna have to get. They're gonna have to throw some trickery in against Bama. They're gonna have to be. You know, Ritter can't. He can't miss those throws that he does. Right. He always misses yeah. a few throws again. He can't miss those throws. He can't um, have the mistakes. And on the defensive side, I don't know what to buy on Alabama's offense. I don't know if I buy it. Well, you to look- be honest with you, and I think UC has enough guys, um, especially in the secondary with Michi Johnson out too. Yeah, yeah. it's um, going to be very interesting. And they to don't watch. have much of a running game to speak of. I mean, compared to what you know, Najee Harris and Mark Ingram. The, yeah, the Robinson historic, has had some good games, but has also had some kind of the clunkers. historic Bama um, running game's not there. I don't. And what's Bryce Young struggle with pressure? If they can get the pressure, yeah. 
Well, and that's the thing that was encouraging to see in the Houston game. I know it right. was just Houston and not Bama. But Houston's Bearcats, talented, though. Let's not, let's yeah, not pretend yeah. well, like it's this been all was year, like... You've seen yeah. that the Bearcats have been I think able, Houston was underrated. I think they should have been higher, for sure. Won 11 games in a row. I mean, mm-hmm. but the Bearcats have been able to have successful pressure on teams with just three guys. That's huge. And that <laughs> is huge. And especially with uh, Mechie out now, you can bring in some of those DB uh, safety blitzes and everything. But the matchup that I am very... Very curious to see. Worth every single penny for your price of admission is Jameson Williams versus Mod Sauce Gardner. Like it's a true test. Sauce has never given up a touchdown yeah. in his whole career. Over be- a thousand passing snaps. I believe oh, yeah. he it was under fifty percent this year on uh receptions allowed um that he was covering on. So this is, you know, you're going up against one of the best wide receivers. In the country, compared to compared to <laughs> easy over there. I mean, I'm just compared gonna to, say compared to how, what how you've great. Been going up I mean, I love Jameson Williams. I mean, he made a ton of big plays at Iowa State. Poof, he did. He made he you're going touchdown up against, against Clemson. Hardest, but my point is, the guy couldn't crack the top three at Ohio State and had to leave. And now he's the number. One. He's the greatest receiver ever. They don't make mistakes like that. I'm just saying. He's I, I like him. I, and I'm, he's one I'm dimensional. Just saying, I'm just saying. If this is a this is a true test, you've got the Alabama yeah. lead Alabama wide no, receiver, yeah. you know that. But I'm saying I buy Sauce Gardner against he right. he's played against Jordan. he's played against some speed. So he's, is that enough to shut it down? Well, is that enough and, to ruin Alabama? But but in the without but especially without Michi too, yeah. yeah, they can throw some help once in a while over yeah. there, right? You can throw. Well, you can throw some help. Well, you saw the linebackers play. Linebackers have gotten plenty of interceptions this year. That's what I mean. But you can throw some two safety high. You can throw a safety over that. You can and throw them some help. I mean, I you don't. Know, you can question the competition, but as far as passing yards, you see in their twelve in their thirteen games faced four teams in the top twenty five as far as passing yards go, and yeah. all four of them got shut down. You look at SMU. Mordecai had easily his worst game of the oh, year. Oh yeah. You know, Miami of Ohio, you could say it's a Mac team, but early in the year, they shut down. I would throw that one out, but yeah, the rest of them. East Carolina, Aylers, three years ago, lit up Cincinnati for like 500 yards. Did nothing. Houston, Clayton Toon was... Guy who's played UC's career, and I I was getting so frustrated with him. I was like, this guy's just doing enough to get by, and that's how he's always been against UC. And I mean, even... But even he couldn't do it. You look at a team that's even a couple spots lower. I mean, Notre Dame has been better later in the year, but they made Notre Notre Dame look... They had to pull their quarterback at times against, you know, Cincinnati. Oh, right. I mean, I think... um, That's what I'm saying. I think they have the pieces to do it and the talent, and I trust Luke Fickle and that crew. They... But they have to, um, and they will. And that's the other thing. Um, I'm a big fan in these games of playing with house money, right? I mean, if you're UC right now, nobody expects anything. So if you're that coaching staff, those players, first of all, who's going to be loose? Who's loose? That's who's the out there? Who's out these there getting guys, warm and that's enjoying the thing, you know, it? And just like, these Alabama loose, guys, it's like, it's your expectation to be here. These Bearcats guys, it's like, this is hot for a lot of them. It's this is it. For this us. is a pinnacle. This is it. This is it. This yeah. is our Super Bowl. This we is, we go home, or this is it. I still, I'll always remind people this: and in a game, especially semifinals and finals games, 
Yeah. Every every year, I feel like there's at least one moment in one of the games where the third phase of football plays a huge the special role. teams. That's the worry. Some the Bearcats. No, no, no. From the kicking game? From the kicking standpoint, Well, yes. from the field goal standpoint. That's going to be huge. Yeah, they got to get that's, points that's on every drive. But the, the Bearcats... They can't come away with nothing. The Bearcats are the only team in the country to be top 15 in every phase of the no, game yeah. efficiency-wise. They, I'm not they, talking about... I'm talking about touchdowns from special teams. No, I get what you're goals. saying, but I'm saying they, they can't... We can talk about the field they gotta goals They got to go for fourth. They got to go They They can't... Nah, here's the thing. They can't. No. Their kicker needs to be ready to kick a one or two 40, 40 to 50 yards. He, he has right. to. You can't, if you're going to get seven to nine drives a game in football. But again, I, I, I'm, talk, I'm talking about. Right, I get de- what you're saying. And if they can get one, returns, yeah, if they can. Punt returns, you have to be able to. I'm talking about. If they can get a punt return, then that's. Where you start your offense. Right. The Bearcats are one of the best teams in their in the country in starting their offense out in good field. No, position I'm not knocking that. And I agree that that, that 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 makes Kicking up for thing it. Is yeah, I don't think they should. But be. I think if they're getting, I think yeah, both teams four, are gonna. They're four of thirteen from thirty <laughs> plus yards. Jesus Christ! Yeah, you can't you can't do that. Goals, and they're probably gonna like. I, that's the frustrating part. They they most of these small schools. The thing you don't worry or not small schools, but you know like a lot of these like untraditional schools. It seems like generally produce good kickers. Like you don't worry about the kicking game from them. And yeah, it's always like the Alabamas and whatnot. That it's always like, like Alabama or Ohio State or like yeah. these big schools who can't find kickers. Like OU always has like a great kicker for some reason. That's my point. It's just and they can't like if they're getting seven to eight drives, you gotta get points on like six at least. Like you can't, you can't do it. I, I'm honestly a big believer in it. The more we've actually been sitting here talking about, I don't buy Bama. I don't buy the SEC dominance. I think that was uh, a media, you know, created this idea. Because I don't buy Georgia now against the one, that 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 other fucking team. We'll get to them. I don't buy it though. The one thing that I hope though, because I think honestly, I, I've had this conversation a, a couple times in the last couple days. Thirteen and a half game. I don't know if I I. You're going betting. You're going but betting. Gray's going on the app. 13 yeah. and a half, I think UC keeps it closer. And the one thing that I hope is that if UC keeps it close, it's not just, oh, we put UC in and they lost to Bama, or we give Bama these excuses for why UC kept it close. If they keep it close, I mean, we, we said it. In all of Bama's, Bama's average uh, playoff semifinals, and that includes a game that they lost by 11, Yeah, they average outscoring a team by 17 points per game. They beat, you know, they beat Michigan State 30 something to nothing. Right. If they keep it close, I think it's a win, but the other thing is I think if they keep it close, man, I think I think I think the sweaty palms are going to come to I do too. Alabama. I, th- I think UC has much better. I, look, what I think Nick say, I thought Nick Saban's um interview was very interesting. I I genuinely looking in his eyes believe what he said, which was UC belongs here. We got tough sledding to go. Like you know, it's not over. Like I don't think that a was man, co- a man that produces so much NFL talent knows when he sees. NFL I don't talent. exactly. So and you got you see he's got roster. multiple guys on the defense, a couple guys on the offensive side who've got a lot of. I mean, they could potentially have you know five to seven picks. Um, that's a a typical power five haul. Um, no, yeah, well, that's a solid I think, power five. Here's ball. where UC is at compared to other teams, and they've had a lot of uh, positive health. Their start, what UC lacks is depth. 
is what I would say. What I'm saying is they can't have guys go down. Yeah, like when you saw, I mean, when you saw Jerome Ford go down, you know, some yeah. of their worst games of the year was that, like, that Tulsa game when Jerome Ford went down right. and kind of that whole area. But, but where, what they've done well for, through recruiting and also the transfer portal is they have their starters, that first line. The talent gap's not as big as people would traditionally think, is my point. I think they can do it. Assuming everybody's healthy, they, they can play with Bama. Now, if you start losing some guys, you know, that's yeah. where the issues come in, right? That's so where have, the Bamas and the big schools come into play is they have that depth, right? Yeah. That if you lose, if you, lose if you can have Ford and Ritter and the Ford's going to be, we're not even talking about that. Who's going to be, who's going to be the most motivated motherfucker on that field? Jerome Ford transferred from Alabama. Yeah. They basically yeah. said, we don't want you. And uh, Homeboy's probably going to be, Itching, yeah, itching to run over some people. It's Averaging six point two yards per carry this year. Oh, I love Jerome. I think he's a crazy underrated. No one talks about him. It's gonna um, be fun, man. Like I'm getting so excited. UC's for gonna this be game. loose. Talk about it. Ultimately, UC's gonna they're gonna be the loose ones out there. You know, dancing in the music, getting ready. Uh, I think they'll have some trickery on both sides of the the ball, and it'll be fun. You know, for UC at the end of the day. I mean, Des Ritter's comments I thought were pretty telling. He feels yeah. good about. It. He said, "We're gonna go. We're gonna go. We're gonna go try to win a national title." Like he was dead serious. Like, yeah, not fucking around. Like we're not. They know what they're. We're not happy. What they're about. But I mean, but I'm saying is he he's the leader, and he's saying we're not just happy to be here. Yeah, we we don't see why we can't do it. Yeah, and you see that sometimes, you know, especially back in the day where you'd see some of those, you know, like when Western Michigan made it to a college, you know, not to say. UC is a maximum, but they went. They're above that, but yeah, I get what you're saying. But yeah, they they felt just happy to be there. Oh and I yeah, think Western Michigan. That's insane. First of all, what? Yeah, understands. Hey, we have a real chance. I mean, heck, as far as the highest ranked team that anyone has beaten, Alabama beat Georgia, who was number three. The second best win is Cincinnati over Notre Dame, who's number five. So it's not like they can't beat top ten teams, right? And it's not like they didn't beat a team. Better than the team that beat Alabama. That's what I'm saying. This isn't this isn't your Boise State from the Mountain West. This isn't um, like you point out Western Michigan from the which is first of all we never talked about that. Insane, by the way. But I'm saying that's crazy though, right? The MAC ever getting into it. But anyway, um, and IU did too. Jordan Lynch. Yeah, but I'm yeah, and IU uh, Central Michigan. We can go down that road, but uh, it's different because I've always said the AAC. They're they're they're, it's the depth, right? That's what I'm saying. All those AAC teams, those good Memphis teams, Houston teams, the past SMU, they had starting talent that could match up with the big schools. It's just a problem they didn't ever have the depth, and I think that's where UC's at, but UC stayed relatively healthy, so assuming there's not a rash of injuries in this game, I don't think talent-wise the gap's as big as people are thinking well, as if they were playing Fresno State yeah, or somebody. And, you know what I mean? And I think you, you even saw that last year. You know, against Georgia. The two the yeah. two biggest issues against Georgia, one was the deep ball, and mm-hmm. Sauce Gardner, well, they James Wiggins was out and Sauce Gardner was out. So yeah. two of their their I know, two best I know deep about Georgia had guys yeah. sitting out. I was like, Georgia wasn't that good to begin with. And, and then <laughs> in the second half, they were I able, mean, they they were able to the best players out. Like, yeah, and then in, I know that that was my point. You see had guys missing too. And then in the fucking. second half, they were able to pressure Ritter and UC couldn't move the ball because James Hudson got ejected after the targeting call. I just think they're UC's playing with house money. I you know, if you're asking me percentage chance, 
I'd give him like 35, 40%. I would, I would. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't buy the, I don't buy any of these teams. I think it's going to be a good game regardless. I don't buy any of these four teams. I don't buy any of the top 25 teams. I don't buy any of them. <laughs> like they could lose to anybody right now. I am dead serious. I, I, I can't tell you. Sell it all. Sell it. I'm selling everybody. Uh, Josh, or, uh, Zach wants to put the Northern Illinois Huskies as the national championship. I mean, so. fuck it. Yeah. Let's throw them out there. I don't know. Let's get Georgia out. Yeah, it'll be NIU, Michigan, and fucking UC Bama. I'd be excited for that. That'd be uh, wild. So uh, there's our, our preview for the college football playoff. I'm sure we'll talk well, that's a that whole game. lot that's... more about that playoff game. We'll get more into the rest of the bowls in our bowl bonanza preview coming up on our episode Friday. What's brewing? Henwick Farm. Henmick Farm. Henwick. Henmick. Henmick Farm and Brewery. Hen who? Henmick. Henmick Farm and Brewery. Uh, they are up north of Columbus in the Delaware County. And uh, as a former Delaware County resident, warms my heart. Uh, they are having the holiday market uh, going on now through the next two weeks. And if you've never been to the Henmick Farm and Brewery, it is a neat little place they've got. It's it's a farm, so they've got plenty, got that of, part. plenty of outdoor space, and then they've got a lot of uh, really nice patio space as well as a great indoor uh, farmhouse style brewery and tap room. So there's plenty of space there. A lot of local uh, artisans, crafters, and more and will be more. there, as well as their new Henmick Holiday Ale. Uh, and guys, this one is a uh, a heavier holiday ale, Belgian style quadruple ale, oh, clocking quad. in at eleven point four percent ABV, multi caramely and uh, has a fruity yeast. So hopefully some hay bales to uh, take a nap on. Yeah, some hay, some hay bales, and then yeah, it's got the oh, usual yeah. holiday uh, holiday flavors in there as well. And then secondly, another really cool brewery. I've actually been to this one before, and it's. Uh, it is really one of a kind, quite literally. Uh, it's a period-accurate 1850s brewery and the only American brewery of its kind housed in a working museum. Um, this really is a really cool place if you're ever up there in Dayton. It's kind of in the South Dayton area. Uh, Carolyn's has a uh, winter warmer um, out right now, uh, flavored with some cinnamon, uh, ginger root, citrus peel, all that uh, usual stuff. But it's brewed with mid-19th century practices. The beer is fermented in white oak barrels with Weizen yeast that produces familiar banana and clove flavors. So they keep it uh, back in the traditional eras of brewing wow, over there. Put it not in the stainless steel. Yeah. So, in the old oak barrel. So two kind of uh, old-timey holiday uh, breweries for you in What's Brewing, Ohio. Happy Leif Erickson Day. Guys, for our final segment of the show, we're doing a little who you got for the Bearcats, but this time we're shifting from the gridiron to the hardwood. Saturday night in Norwood. Not in Cincinnati. In don't, don't, don't get that confused. In Norwood at the Cintas Center. They'll let you know. Uh, they have their own police force. And stuff, oh, yeah. So the Crosstown Shootout. The Cincinnati Bearcats... 
face the Xavier Musketeers. Xavier has won the last two, and Cincinnati all-time at the Cintas Center is 1-8 and eight with eight straight losses. Uh, Cincinnati comes in at 7-2 and two with some big wins over Illinois and Georgia. They've lost to Arkansas and then Monmouth, currently 70th in Ken Palm. Some of their ups and downs uh, beat Illinois by 20, kept it close against Arkansas, but a loss to Monmouth, and then they just squeaked by Miami of Ohio. Uh, the Musketeers are 7-1 and one with wins over both the OSUs, Ohio State and Oklahoma State, uh, but did lose to Iowa State and uh, you know only beat Niagara by three. So some ups and downs for both teams. Looking at this game... Obviously, Cincinnati has gone through a lot of ups and downs over the last couple of years. The Brandon era, the new West Miller era. Things have been, you know, kind of put together. A lot of, you know, transfers in your, uh, you know, your Odia Guamas, John Newman's, Abdul Adu's, a lot of guys from, uh, from UNCG. Xavier, a little bit more continuity but not quite the uh the success that they've been hoping for over the last couple of years some early impressions of this game josh you know with it being at the Cintas center it's going to be really tough uh the kids in norwood are looking pretty good and unfortunately i think this is going to be their first game aside from the very beginning of the season i think this will be the healthiest that they have uh been at yet this year i think the bearcats definitely have a shot you know they're it's a crosstown shootout. It's always a tough game. Um, David DeJulius needs to have a big game. And then Jeremiah Davenport, uh, who should be healthy by then, is expected to play in the Xavier game. But you got to have, you know, your 40 45% and near 20 points from Davenport. You've got to have great percentage from DeJulius. And for the love of all that is good in Cincinnati, you have got to learn to shoot from the line. It's <laughs> unbelievable how bad Cincinnati is at shooting free throws. Continues to be year after year after year. But if you can get your big nights from your big guys, no one's going to be more motivated than a guy that has Bearcat eyes tattooed on his chest. So if you can have your right guys show up, not turn the ball over, and hit your fucking three free throws, then you can have a chance. I like Cincinnati. Uh, Breaking the streak at the Cintas Center. Zach, early thoughts on this game? Um, mixed feelings. Uh, I think this is Wes Miller's one uh, free go, if you will. Um He's new to it. I, I totally buy in that he buys and he knows what this means. I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm giving him. A, I'm giving. I'm giving a free pass. Uh, I think uh, UC's completely underperformed in the last 15 years in this game. Um, completely. I don't think this should be much of a rivalry, in my opinion. It's a fun rivalry. It's fun here. But as UC fans, I think more often than not, we've been on the wrong side of this. It's uh, honestly. Especially in recent years, yeah. Yeah, especially in recent years, but in general, even McCrone, even McCrone, I, th I think it's completely. McCrone never took it to. He's he's never been a good rivalry coach. No. Even look, he made a Final Four. Had, wasn't good against USC, yeah. UCLA's big rival. Hasn't been good as a rivalry. Coach. I mean, I, I think having a guy who's been a part of one of the other, you know, top five rivalries in the in college basketball yeah. in the Duke UNC rivalry. 
understands. No, I do. This is a I'm just saying game. I'm willing to give him a pass because honestly, I think for um, he's Steel, building. A I think for right. Steel, this is make or break year. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think for him, it's bigger than for Wes Miller. But I think Wes. I know I have no doubt Wes Miller. Wes Miller does homework. Again, we talked about his first press conference. I thought this guy knew way more about UC basketball than anybody should. Who's not you know from this area? Um, he buys in. He knows. I think it's huge for him. But I think he gets a free pass. I'm just saying overall, I'm tired of this. You know, even when Xavier's basically, I mean, they beat Ohio State, granted, uh, but generally pretty mediocre the last few years, in my opinion. Um, you know, they're getting wins. I, I can't handle it anymore. That's that, that's unacceptable. You got you to snap. UC's a basketball school. They have the history. You know, I mean, you have Oscar Robertson, you know, two national titles, uh, the Bob Huggins there. Came right, like, this is bullshit. This shouldn't even be a game. It shouldn't be a question. Um, you got to break the eight game you got streak to. at Cintas. So, because of all that, the pressure's on Steele and them boys. I think West Miller and UC Bearcats going. I think they win by... Uh, I think it's close. I think it's a game. I think they... Uh, five points. I'm going to get five points. I think it's a five-point game. So, I think one of the big keys to this game, and I, I kind of mentioned to the guys before we started, uh, you know, as far as Ken Palm ranking, they're almost identical mm-hmm. as far as defense, but Xavier has the big addition you know has the big advantage offensive wise uc has become three happy at times it started sluggish at times i think the one thing that they need to do and you know a couple of the times where where xavier has gotten some some pretty solid wins in the last 10 years they've gotten off to uh to quick starts they hit a couple threes they have energy guys on the floor right they get out to a big start and then you can kind of lock in defensively and i think uc if they get a lead they can lock in defensively but I think it's about getting some good shots for DeJulius, Saunders, Davenport, and then also having some solid defense. I think one of the biggest keys to this game, though, is a guy that a lot of people said, you know, early in the season, they said if he gets more minutes and he stays out of foul trouble, he's going to be a problem. Zach Fremantle should be healthy. He's only played in two games. He's one of Xavier's best players. If Victor Locken, who's who was a Russian guy, relatively unknown, played, you know, Russian U18, sat all of last year for Brandon. Nobody really knew what was going on with him over the yeah. offseason. Comes back, has been a guy that has just been an absolute, you know, spark plug. Had foul issues against Miami, but, you know, against Illinois, he had nine and, or, uh, yeah, nine and eight. He had 13 and 11 versus Bryant. He's a guy yeah. that can cause issues because he's got post moves and he's got that heavy motor so i think if you can get out to a lead uc is a team that can put on the clamps you know you look at their last you know as far as this season goes they've held teams to 43 45 51 59 58 58 right they've held teams in check i think if they can get out to a lead and put the clamps on they Mm -hmm. can make things really tough for travis Steele's team because i think they're also a team that you know, they've played well this year, but in the past couple of years, a lot of the guys that they've had, the Fremantle, Scruggs, and whatnot, they've been poor three-point shooters, especially when they're trying to shoot themselves in, in or out right. of a game. I think if you get off to a fast start and you become the aggressor, and I think the worry is UC hasn't started off games very well, but if they can start off and be the aggressor, I think they can run away with this game early. 
yeah, and keep it to Definitely. a double-digit game. Definitely, I, I totally agree with you. Gotta so, put that you crowd to silence. I think yeah, you gotta that shut that early. down. Since Haas Center is weird, I mean, look what they that Ohio State. Anybody watched the Ohio State game? Kind of hard to find on TV. Weird atmosphere. Yep. Now, obviously, this is gonna be a night game. It's gonna be more traditional. I think the Ohio State game was like a one o'clock it's game. Weird. It's it was a weird, a weird arena. It was a weird atmosphere. Ohio State just generally didn't look like they showed up. It was very sluggish. But I'm just saying, it's a weird. Sometimes a weird place yeah. to play. But I um, think I think the one thing is here, you're gonna have some UC fans. You're gonna have oh one yeah, I mean you're gonna very uh, loud, yeah. very obnoxious UC fan there. I can promise Are you, you that be there, I will be there. A couple beers deep, uh, uh, post list. He'll be there for a little bit till they escort him out. And uh, <laughs> you know, you can get. I worried about them a little bit with with the crowd at Miami of Ohio, but they they do kind of have that galvanizing feel that I feel like. You know, if things get a little bit chippy, they can figure out a way to come I, together. I buy and put into some the stuff West together. Miller buying into the rivalry, and I think he yep. he knows. I mean, for anybody not from Cincinnati, with this rivalry, it's 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 crazy on on a basketball level, right? It is. It's it's nuts. You yeah, know, you weren't it. from the Cincinnati area. I wasn't, but I, I got bought into it because it's. Um, that's why I say you see to me is still my basketball team. It's a basketball school to me more than anything because. The history here, obviously, with UC basketball, but but this rivalry. I mean, it's what three, like barely three miles, three miles away. Yeah. My wife went to Xavier. It was like nothing for me to drive over there. I mean, from campus, it's crazy yeah. close. There's hatred. I mean, Regular, I used to wear UC gear around that campus, and they would like yell at me and sh- like it's nuts. Uh, oh yeah, I usually get screamed at on. That oh yeah, but day. I mean, oh, it's yeah. it's fun though. It's fun too. But yeah, one Xavier basketball player one time he got in a fit of rage and got naked in a restaurant, and then he played like a week <laughs> later. So I really hate JP McCurry. Look, I, I <laughs> look, I've shit talked some Xavier, I mean, some Xavier players, and it's dorm. it's a fun rivalry. I'm glad they're back on campus after uh, the the hiatus there. Um, my 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 uh, real quick, I'll just throw in my again. Yeah, you guys are right. I'm not from here. I didn't know it coming to school. I got my freshman year. I had season tickets, and my my first real uh to that was Xavier came to the you know shoemaker the the fifth third and uh. You know, those bastard Xavier kids came in wearing the uh, Catholics versus Convicts shirt. Oh, man, that place went wild, and that was a wild game. That was, it was so fun. That was one of the funnest, probably most fun basketball game I've ever been to. That was a blast. There's a lot of hatred around this city. I find it even at my job now. I got hired, my boss, my boss's boss, who I met on my first day, I walked in. He's like, huh, he's got Xavier stuff all over his office. He's like, I mean, straight up said to me, he's like, I see you went to UC. I'm like, well, good <laughs> luck getting a promotion anytime soon. And that was, that was it. That was the end of the conversation. It's dead serious. People, <laughs> people take it too far here. Uh, so that, that's fun. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I think we're all picking UC, though, right? We're yeah, buying I mean, the West Miller I'm going Miller with train. the Bearcats. Yeah, I yeah. trust in West Miller. I trust in Jeremiah Davenport. Look, I'm going to be as honest as I can. Xavier's a gold star school. <laughs> Cincinnati's the skyline. Yeah, school. exactly. Give me the cats. Yeah. All right, as we round up this show on 30 Racket Sports, we want to remind you once again, you can always reach out to us at 30 Racket Sports, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And also, we end this show as we always do 
with our shout-outs. First off, I want to give the shout-out to the listeners. Hopefully, you're all having a wonderful and happy holiday season. Uh, thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. We will be back Friday with our bowl bonanza preview, so be sure to check that out. Also want to give a shout-out to Braxton Brewing, their dark charge, their coffee cream dark, their coffee hazelnut dark charge was an absolute delight. I'm feeling great. We're all feeling great after a little bit of dark charge. So thank you so much to Braxton Brewing, a wonderful beer and a, a wonderful beer for the occasion for the Bearcats making the college football playoff. Uh, we're going to finish off as we always do with our personal shout outs. So Josh, on this fine Monday, who are you shouting out? Uh, I'm going to shout out to Herb Jones. Uh, he passed away recently uh, at the age of 51. Herb Jones was the leading scorer and leading rebounder, I believe, for the Cincinnati Bearcats 1992 Final Four team. Uh, enjoyed a couple very successful years with the Bearcats under Bob Huggins. Was a part of some of those really legendary teams there that we just talked about a bit a bit um you know one of the pioneers of setting that tradition um setting that standard living the standard of cincinnati bearcats basketball um i know a lot of those a lot of those guys are feeling today and so i just want to give a a toast to herb jones and uh may he rest in peace bearcats got it from here all right peter one of the one of the great bearcats who you can see you know across generations of Bearcats, whether it's, you know, the, the late 90s guys, the early 2000s guys, even some of the guys that played recently. You know, Wes Miller said, uh, you know, Herb Jones came to uh, visit with the team earlier this earlier this yeah, season. Cool. So, you know, it's had an impact on the Bearcats since he stepped foot on uh, campus. Uh, my shout-out actually goes pretty far away from Cincinnati, far away from the state of Ohio, but kind of makes its way around. Shout out to Hawaii, Hawaii. the Rainbow Warriors. Even though uh, they're green and black. So, <laughs> uh, few people know uh, due to the the traveling and kind of the the issue that it puts on a lot of programs. If you play Hawaii during a college football season, you actually have the ability to schedule a thirteen game season instead of a twelve game season. What? What? Why? Because they didn't do that. Because of the travel, you can, you can, uh, if you have to go to Hawaii. Well, why? That makes no sense. You should be able. To you should have it. You get an extra. You should get. You should get a one less game because of the travel time involved. Help to earn the money back. Ah, oh, I see what you're saying. Oh. Okay. Uh, so okay. a lot of the teams, if you play, if you go to Hawaii, you get a 13 game schedule. Is that like? Isn't Cal playing like a 13 game? Yeah. So Hawaii themselves always usually gets a 13 game schedule. Yeah. So. uh because of this, they were able to finish six and seven oh, under five hundred bowl game for them, right? Yep. That's so they dope. finished yeah. uh, six and seven with a sixth win, making them bowl eligible, allowing for eighty-four teams to be bowl eligible and them to create another bowl to have it. Right. So um, originally there were only eighty-two spots, but uh, adding another bowl made sure that there were four teams that didn't have a current bowl tie-in based on where they finished, including the Miami of Ohio Redhawks. So shout out to uh, a couple Mac teams. I know, I think Liberty might have been in there, a few other teams. So someone 
didn't get left out of bowl season. You've seen it in past nice. years where there are a number of teams at six and six. It's always right. nice to see every team that gets to that point. Because especially when you know when you're a, a Miami of Ohio or Eastern Michigan or something, a bowl like that really means something. Oh, you know, you know like I said, huge. I remember when since I remember being excited because Cincinnati got to play in the the uh, Fort Worth Bowl right against oh, yeah. Marshall. So. Games like that are huge, so shout out to Hawaii, and, you know, once occasionally the NCAA does something right and makes sure that everybody gets into a bowl yeah. game, so shout out to them, and the uh, first time ever. making sure that uh, they're in a bowl game, Hawaii gets to stay home and welcome Memphis to the Hawaii Bowl. Uh, and then to finish things out, Zach, who are you shouting out? I hear you have a special football team I, to shout I do, out. I do, I got a shout out, uh. Shout out to back-to-back national football champions, the Ohio State Buckeyes club football team. Uh, <laughs> took down George Mason uh, last weekend oh, the for Patriots. yeah the Patriots for their second consecutive national championship. Now is this football or football? This is this is football. It's American football. Um, so you know, no congrats to them. That, that's always fun. Uh, at least you know. One Buckeye team. Maybe maybe I can make make up a shirt online or something with the club with like club football. What, and tiny letter. What do they do? Pennies and skins. <laughs> College football champion. Yeah. Club and like yeah. two point font. No, that's still super cool. I mean, those are guys who play for the love of it. There's nothing involved with that. So you know, real cool, real cool thing. Hey, just get another championship for the university. You yeah, exactly. just get the playoff patch, but like in Comic Sans. Fonts or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so uh shout out to the Buckeyes, the the club Buckeyes, the the club, club football team. They're, they've been doing a little bit better club the last guys, couple of years than clubbies. the actual team. So, <laughs> so shout out to uh the club Buckeyes the for getting things done. And once again, shout out to all the listeners for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Be sure to check out Friday. It's gonna be a wild show. Talking bowl games. Zach's gonna definitely hate on one team. We're going to be talking about the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, I'm sure of it, and a whole lot more. So, for Zach, on the opinions, good, bad, or otherwise. See ya. For Josh, on the ones and twos. Go Bearcats. I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Peace.